Yeah. And we're on. And we're back. Finally. Yeah. Sorry. It's been a couple weeks. We ended up uh, getting a new house, and then stranger things happened, and then the holiday, and I was moving, and it's a pain in the ass. And I started classes, but yeah. that doesn't matter, I guess. Did you start it in that time? Yeah. Oh. Started right. summer so classes. things happened in the last two weeks. So we're back, though. For all you 10 people that listen to us. If that. Yeah. Um, so, okay. All right. For your entertainment. We back, bitches. Yep. Uh, all right. So, this week, uh, it is deaths involving food. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, I don't even know who went first. Or I what. have no idea yeah, so what, what we even... We do. I don't know. Um, okay, you go first. Oh. Thanks for volunteering. Wow, okay. Cool. Brandon! You like frozen yogurt, right? Yeah. What do you usually get? Cake batter. What do I usually get? Uh, a lot of things. Wow. Are you calling me fat? No, you just like more flavors than I am. I'm the type of person that like... I get the same thing every time. What are you talking about? What? Well, you got cake batter this time. You never get cake batter. I always get... Some kind of cake with strawberry, uh, chocolate chip cookie dough, and chocolate syrup. I never see you get cake. You get the wedding. You don't get the wedding cake. Yeah, I do. You get like the strawberry. Yeah, the strawberry. Or the cheesecake. Yeah. Okay. Well, what did we do um, right before we got home? We got frozen yogurt. We did because we like it. Well, because you wanted it the other day and they were closed. July. Whatever. Um, so, this story is a sad one. Sorry, they're all kind of sad, but... Uh, I think anybody involving murder or anything involving murder is going to be bad. Sometimes they're a little less sad when they have justice. Uh, but it's murder. Yeah. But when the killer is brought to justice, it has a taste of victory and it's not as sad. Oh, okay. Whatever you say. This one. Okay. Is sad. So anyway, um, in the late 80s and early 90s, frozen yogurt shops were the shit. Oh, wait. They had them that bad? I thought this was like kind of a new thing. No, this when they started. It was like the 80s. Oh, I thought, because like it seemed like maybe 10 years ago, they started popping up everywhere. So. Maybe like they had a recession and then they came back. Oh, that would have They started, way. yeah, in the 80s. Um, they were everywhere. Like if you've ever seen the show The Good Place, like we have... In the first season, when she, like, goes to heaven and there's a yogurt shop, like, on every single block. Yeah. Uh, that's what I feel like they were from what I've always heard about people talking about yogurt shops in the 80s. It seems like that now, though. Um, yeah, because they were, like, the cool new thing. Um, everyone thought that it was healthy because it wasn't ice cream. They were wrong. It's not healthy for you. Um, so, any yeah, delicious, though. Actually, yeah, it's so good. It's in the freezer right now. I downed that so quick. Well, I was trying to fix the fridge. So, so yummy. Okay, house problems. Yeah. All right, so anyway. Um, in a Froyo store named I Can't Believe It's Yogurt, located in Austin, Texas, two teens, 17-year-old Jennifer Harbison and 17-year-old Eliza Thomas, were working, <coughs> working the closing shift on December 6th. And you can tell this is back in the day when two 17-year-olds are responsible for closing an entire store. Uh, I think it's 
still sometimes happens like that. Right? That's crazy. Like I don't some know. restaurants and stuff. That's just crazy to me. Like you aren't old enough to vote. You shouldn't be closing a store. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. I could be wrong, but I thought so. Probably. Probably with yogurt shops because yeah. it's like, mm, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. whatever. Um, There's not like ovens and stuff. Yeah. Um, so the two girls had planned a sleepover together that night with Jennifer's 15-year-old sister, Sarah, and 13-year-old Amy Ayers. Um, Sarah and Amy, they had spent the evening across the street at a mall waiting for Jennifer and Eliza to um, finish up their shift. But then they were like, um, hey, let's go help them close the store so they'll get done quicker and we can get on with our sleepover. Um, which I feel is like such a 90s thing. Um, Where all the girls go back home and they have pillow fights. and No, they're oh. like, hey, let's go help our friends close the store that, that we're not employed at. Oh, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> like, we have no idea how anything works, but we're going to help them close. I feel like the owner would be like, sure, girls, that's fine. Um, although I used to have a friend that worked in a Froyo shop, and I remember going there, like, when she would close, and I would just sit there while she, um, like, you know took care of everything, like shut everything down, cleaned up everything. So maybe it's just for you culture. I don't know. Mm, um, I feel like everyone's just really chill in Froyo shops. Uh, so anyway, Sarah and Amy, the two young girls that came to help, um, they get to the shop around 10 p.m. to help their friends close. Uh, customers leaving the yogurt shop that night told police that they remember the girls entering and waiting for their friends to finish their shift. Um, so right before midnight that night, a patrolling Austin police officer noticed a fire coming from the yogurt shop and he dispatched it in. So when the fire department came and put the fire out, they entered the building and found four dead bodies, three of which were stacked on top of each other. Um, these were the bodies of Jennifer, Eliza, Sarah, and Amy. All four girls had been undressed, bound, and gagged with their own clothes and shot in the head. Yeah. Yeah, police believe that um, they were likely dead before the fire was started. Well, so the yeah, fire I was like a cover-up. Uh, I don't think they accidentally stacked themselves on top of each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, sorry, you're dying. I'll lay on top of you. It might make it better. And then each one kept doing that. I doubt that happened. Yeah. I mean, I too, but... <laughs> they were dead, so they didn't... Yeah. They didn't burn. Um, I think I read that one of them had been sexually abused. Just oh, that's one, disgusting. Just one of them. But, yeah. um, I mean, just one that's still, like, getting spooked. Yeah, I locked the front door. <laughs> <laughs> Got up and locked I the door. I, I noticed it was unlocked. Spoopy. How did you notice that? What? How did you, you notice didn't see it? me turn around and look at it? Oh, uh, no. Um. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, because of the fire and the damage um, that it did to the bodies, it was difficult for the police to get a lot of evidence. Um, but they did disclose that at least one of the girls had been raped. Oh, I just said that. Um, so, yeah, one of the girls had been raped. I don't remember reading which one it was. It was one of the older ones. Either Eliza or um, Jennifer. 
I almost said Jessica. That would not be respectful. Um, okay. So, anyway. According to police reports, the doors to the yogurt shop had been locked from the inside when it was set on fire. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, that is very weird. Um, so, so they probably, they like, then? went out the back and it automatically locked. Oh, 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 oh okay. Um... At the time of the murders, serial killer Kenneth Allen McDuff, also known as the Broomstick Killer, was at large in the Austin area. Um, he had a track record of multiple teenage, teenager murders, so naturally the police were like, hey, we have our guy. It's the Broomstick Killer. Um, but he was soon ruled out, and the case continued to be cold. I don't know why he was ruled out, but he was, and the case was cold. Um... But don't worry, because he was executed for his crimes seven years later in 1998. Justice. Justice. But not for this case anyway. So in 1999, um, eight years after the murder, so this occurred in 91, the four girls getting murdered um, in the yogurt shop, uh, police arrested four men they believed um, had committed the crime, 24-year-old Robert Burton, Robert Burns Springsteen Jr. That's a mouthful. 25-year-old Michael James Scott, 24-year-old Maurice Pierce, and 23-year-old Forrest Wellburn. So you take these guys. Right, 24 to 23. No, 25 to 23. Subtract eight years. That means the youngest one would have been 15. If, if these four guys were the ones that like committed this crime... The youngest one would have been 15 when they raped and murdered four girls. Yeah, that's disgusting. And the oldest one would have been, what, 17? That's crazy. Sorry, yeah. 17, 16, and 15 year olds. Well, people do dumb shit when they're young. That's crazy. Yeah, people do dumb shit, but you don't rape and murder four teenage girls your age. Yeah, I don't know. Because they were the same age as these girls. Kids are dumb. Yeah, I feel like this is a whole level. (laughs) Okay, yeah, again, dumb. But dumb teenagers don't rape and shoot someone in the head execution style and then set a building on fire after stacking the dead bodies on top of each other. Yeah. Like, if it was these guys, they had some serious mental issues. Probably one had, like, a lot of roid rage. And then ended up killing one of the other ones. And they were like, oh, we got to cover it up. Yeah, and then we got to cover it up. And then all the friends got in on it. Yeah. Or one was seriously mentally ill and then, like, brainwashed the other ones into doing. Yeah. Um, So, charges against Wellborn Pierce, the... No. That's... Charges against Wellborn and Pierce, the two younger ones, um, were later dropped, leaving only Springsteen Jr. and Michael Scott to go to trial. Um, and it kind of seemed like Springsteen was, like, the leader behind all of it to me from, like, court pictures and, like, everything I looked at. Um, so Springsteen and Scott go to trial in... From 1999 to 2009, a lot of things happened in the court system. Um, Convictions were overturned, things were appealed, juries refused to reinstate, an officer for the Austin PD was accused of coercing confessions, etc. 
a lot of shit happened with this case, um, as you can see, and just with the court system in general in the Austin area. So because of basically all this stuff getting messed up and all these things going wrong, in the summer of 2009, both Springsteen and Pierce, no, <coughs> Springsteen and Scott, sorry, walked out of the Travis County Jail with their attorneys released on bond. So they never had a hearing. What? Yeah. Um, so practically 28 years later, so your age, the length that you've been alive, um, this case is still cold. Uh, in 2000, cold. They know they just don't have the proof. I think it's cold, like frozen yogurt. <laughs> in 2016, wow. I just came up with that. I'm so smart. Uh, in 2016, Beverly Lowry released a book called um, "Who Killed These Girls: Cold Case: The Yogurt Shop Murders." That details the case. It also gives police testimony and other information. Um, I've heard this is actually a really good book, so I might add mm. that to my reading list. Um, but what I wouldn't give to be a fly on the wall that night in that yogurt shop just to know, like, what happened. I don't think you want to see what happened. Well, though. just, like, to know who did it. Yeah. Because you... <coughs> can you imagine, like... I have something in my throat. <coughs> These families, like lost well one family lost both daughters that they had because uh who was it jessica and sarah were sisters 17 15 year old sisters and then 17 year old no jennifer yeah is that what i said jennifer and sarah and then eliza was 17 and she's gorgeous the eliza girl like pictures of her she is so pretty like just so pretty it's so it's this whole thing is just sad. And then thirteen year old Amy. Like these parents lost their young children and it's so sad. In such a brutal way too. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. crazy. I couldn't imagine losing both. I know. The fact that this case is cold is just really sad. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's how that was it. That was the yogurt shop murders. Mm. So mine is the murder of and it actually still is unsolved. Ooh, John Benet Ramsey. Oh shit! So, Pineapple. Yeah. So I didn't know if you. You would did know. the heavy hitter. Yeah, I didn't know if you'd know this or not. Yeah, this is one of the most infamous murder cases in history. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, it uh, is. I knew it was popular, but I didn't know it was that. that yeah, it is because it's so weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, John Benet. Uh, I'm so proud of you. Oh. Okay. For doing this. Oh, okay. This is a heavy one. Yeah. This has got a lot of stuff so, to it. Uh, I got a lot, but uh, if you know anything that I don't say, definitely add in. Uh, oh, you know I will. Yet. So, okay. So, John Bonet, uh, she was born on August 6th, 1990. So, it's very close to a year before me. Um, but she died on December 25th, 1996. So she was only, you know, six years old. Math. Yeah. What do you do? <laughs> it's um, six uh, years old. So <laughs> she was uh, she was an American child beauty queen uh, who was killed in her family's home in Boulder, Colorado. Back Baby, pull me closer. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I saw Boulder, I kept thinking of that stupid song. Anyways. Uh, so uh, her 
Um, her father is actually the one who found her body in the basement of their house about eight hours after she had been reported missing. Mm. She died from... Hello? Oh, there. Hello. He's back. Featuring Hamlet. You know what I was going to say earlier is that, like, now that we're in, not in an apartment, that, like, he won't hear the neighbors and stuff. No. So less barking He barks at every noise. Yeah. There, there, there was is. not even a, a noise. That we could hear. Yeah. He just hears something. Now he's patrolling the house. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so she died from a broken... <laughs> I put a broke skull. A broken skull... Um, and from a blow to the head, and she had also been strangled. The cause of the death was asphyxia by strangulation, which I think is because, like, who knows if she got hit in the head, you know, and died, or it was the strangulation, or was one to cover the other one up. That's what I think. Yeah. I think she got hit in the head. Someone panicked. And I have a whole theory, but I can wait until okay. the end. Um, well, that's that's part of it, yeah. She got hit in the head, someone panicked, strangled her, and she died. Yeah, that's that's part of the the later theories. Oh, oh so, okay. uh, yeah, uh, associated with cranial ce- cerebral cerebral trauma. Whatever that means. You did it. Yeah, that's a long. I mean, she had a head injury yeah. to yeah. the base of her skull. Yeah, right. So her uh, death was r- obviously ruled by some homicide, like no shit, um, which I also said is still unsolved. Um, so there was an apparent, um, ransom note. Uh, the police initially thought it was a ransom note from John Benet's mother. And then the, uh, the note had the appearance of the child's body. Wait, no, it had an appearance of the child's body to be staged by her parents in order. That makes no sense. I must have been tired the when n- I wrote the it. Note, yeah, like the note appeared as though it was staged. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, by her parent, like staged by her parents. Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. So, so they wrote this note, and the way it reads is like someone, if I were to like talk to you and you were just to transcribe everything I was saying, like that's how the note read. Yeah. So it was really unnatural, like yeah. the way it was written. I'm almost sure I go into why uh, I have it. Oh, written okay. Something. Never mind. I'll so shut up. Later down, down here. Um, so in 1998, the district attorney said that due to, to a DNA analysis that the family members were not under suspicion, which I think is weird. Um, oh! Yeah. They also said her brother, who was nine at the time of her death, was not a suspect. Um, I... <laughs> I don't know about her brother, though. Oh, yeah. I, I will let you know my thoughts. Oh, okay. All right. The Ramses uh, gave several televised interviews but resisted police questioning, except on their own terms. In October 2013, court documents revealed that a 1999 grand jury had recommended filing charges against John Benet's parents for permitting the child to be in a threatening situation. The DA determined that there was an insufficient evidence to pursue a successful indictment. Yeah, I got it. Yay, you did it. <laughs> 2002, the DA successor took over the investigation of John Benet from the police and primarily uh, pursued an alternative theory that the intruder had committed the killing. But there was no intruder. No. I don't think so. No, there wasn't. I don't think there was. 
in 2003, uh, there was a trace of DNA to an unknown male. Uh, this uh, this led the DA to send a letter to Ramsey, uh, letter to the Ramsey, sorry, a uh, which was a letter of apology in 2008, declaring that the family is completely cleared. Um, yeah, I call I call bull on that as well. In February 2009, the Boulder police took the case back from the DA and reopened the investigation, as they should. Uh, media coverage began to focus their attention on John Bonet's brief beauty pageant career, as well as the parents' wealth and the unusual evidence found in the case. Media questioned how the police handled the case, and uh, Ramsey, Ramsey's family members um, and their friends have, have filed defamation suits against several media organizations. Um, Patsy apparently discovered that her daughter was missing after she found a two-and-a-half-page handwritten ransom note on the kitchen staircase, and that was the ransom note we were uh, talking about earlier. The note demanded a $118,000, what is that? Ransom. Ransom, yeah, for the child's safe return which, oddly enough, was almost the same exact value of the bonus her, per her husband received earlier that year. That is a huge bonus. Yeah, um, what did he do? Some kind of computer? Uh, he owned some kind remember. of company or something? I don't remember. Um, the ransom note was unusually long for a note and would be handwritten in a, uh, in a note. At, they think it was handwritten like there at the crime scene. Um, the FBI believes the note was staged because it did not have any fingerprints included in an unusual use of exclamation oh and it included an unusual use of exclamation marks and acronyms um, according to a Colorado Bureau of Inve Investigation report there were indications that the author of the ransom note is Patricia Ramsey however there was nothing to prove it the, o the only people known to be in the house of the night of the murder was the immediate family, Burke, Patsy, and, and John Ramsey. So brother, mom, dad. Mm -hmm. uh, the ransom note contained specific instructions that the police and friends should not be contacted, but Patsy went ahead and called the police and also called family and friends. They reached the house within three minutes. So if the note... This is where, like, if the note said did not kill the daughter and they were awake, how could this person kill the girl, put her in the basement, and run away in three minutes? Because they didn't. Yeah, exactly. No, and no signs of forced entry were found. Rick, and let alone, that wasn't just Patsy, like, awake and calling. Like, she's not going to say, oh, my God, we found this note. And then call the police. Like she's gonna tell her husband mm -hmm. um, if the if her brother was maybe up, but I'm not sure. They might be like, "Hey, stay in your room right now." But there's two people. This guy's not gonna do that with two people in the house like that and get away with it. Anyways, Rick French, uh, the police officer, reached the door uh, that John Benet's dead body was behind, but he didn't open it, which was in the basement. So he actually ended up passing it. 
uh, forensics team initially believed that the, uh, she was kidnapped, so they blocked off her room to prevent contamination, not blocking off the rest of the house. Uh, the Boulder detective Linda Arndt, 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 Linda arrived at about 8 a.m. with the goal of awaiting the kidnappers' instructions, but there was never an attempt to claim the money. 1 p.m., Detective uh, Linda decided to search the house completely. They, f uh, they finally found John Binet's body, and her mouth was covered with duct tape. A nylon cord was found around her wrists and neck, and her torso was covered with a by a white blanket. Uh, he, so they took her body upstairs, um, and was it was apparent that critical evidence was obviously disturbed because they did this immediately. Um, maybe they thought she was possibly still alive, so which is understandable. Um, but then, yeah, they quickly found out she was dead. What? Nothing. I'm just oh. looking up. Uh, there was um, there was a it was it's called a garret garrow uh, that was made the length of a nylon cord and the so like do you know what that is? No. So like if you tie like tie the two ends like on a like a long kind of post and then like r like so it's wrapped around and then like the back and like you twist the you twist the, the thing. So, like, like then it would tighten. Okay, well, you were explaining this. Like, I don't understand. What's that? Okay, what? So, like, say, like, you wrap it around her neck, okay? Okay. So, then there's, like, a long, like, then at the, like, at the back, you would have, like, two There's ends. slack on the ends. Well, then, like, say you would have, like, two loops at the end. Okay. So, then you'd put, like, a long object. Like okay. to those two loops, and then when you twist it, it mm -hmm. tightens, so okay. you can tighten it even tighter. Yeah. Yeah, that that was, like, around her neck. Tightened? Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, so that means, like... Someone did that, like, took time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, that's... <sighs> but that that's how you would, like... Like, that would tighten it even tighter than just like just holding two ends like with your hands you know oh yeah. i have the crime scene photos here what's that i have the crime scene photos right here oh that's morbid uh, i'm pretty sure i saw them whenever i looked this up yeah that that was yeah um that's fucked up yeah uh okay <laughs> but yeah that was that was there oh it was um Nylon cord and the broken handle of a paintbrush was tied around John Benet's neck. What is wrong with this family? Okay, sorry. Then apparently used to strangle her, obviously. Uh, part of the bristle end of the paintbrush was found in a tub containing Patsy's art supplies, but the bottom third of it was never found. So that means if this person used it in the house, they would have to go root around and look the house and look for this object which they probably didn't do. No. An autopsy revealed that John Bonet had eaten, so this is where the food, pineapple hmm. a few hours before her death. Uh, photographs of the home taken on the day when John Bonet's uh, body was found show a bowl of pineapple on the kitchen table with a spoon in it. Yep. The parents say they did not know why it was out and that they, uh, that they ever fed John Bonet pineapple. 
They claim that they found uh, Burke Ramsey's fingerprints on the bowl. The Ramseys always also are always said that the Burke um, that Burke was sleeping through the night during the time that his sister went missing and awakened several hours after the police arrived. December 2003, forensic investigators were able to extract enough mixed blood samples from John Benet's underwear that would reveal that it was from an unknown male person. The DNA was submitted to the FBI to search their, um, what is it called, CODIS, Combined DNA Index System, uh, which contained more than 1.6 DNA profiles and unfortunately did not match any. In 2016, October 2016, new forensic analysis revealed that the original DNA actually contained genetic markers from two individuals other than John Binet. So now it's two. So there's uh, the couple theories. Uh, early suspects were Bill McReynolds, who was a neighbor and played Santa Claus, former family housekeeper, uh, wait, played Santa Claus. Oh, and then former family housekeeper, Linda uh, Hoffman Pug, Puff, and, uh, and then also a man named Michael Helgoth, who died in an apparent suicide shortly after John Binet's death. They believe that someone snuck into the basement window that was broken. The intruder subdued John Binet using a stun gun and took her down into the basement. He was, uh, she was killed and a ransom note was left. There was a reported 100 burglaries in the Ramsey's neighborhood in the months before John Binet's death. There were also 38 registered sex offenders living within a two-mile radius of John of Ramsey's home. Yeah, that is, <laughs> that is an excessive amount of burglaries and sex offenders. Yeah. Um, so never go to Boulder. Uh, I don't know how it is now. I'm just, anyways. Well, especially they lived in a rich area too. Yeah. Like they were wealthy. Yeah, if he's getting a hundred and eighteen thousand dollar bonus. <laughs> They lived in yeah. a mansion, basically, yeah. like a little mansion. So, um, now the family, uh, there are no signs of, so, like, the family's obviously a, uh, a suspect. Uh, so, there were no signs of forced entry and saw evidence of staging, such as the ransom note. Uh, statistically, it is a 12 to 1 probability that it is a family member or caregiver who is involved in the death of a child. Another theory is that Patsy struck John Bonet in a fit of rage after a bedwetting episode, and then sh- they, I th- if they had this, I think they would be probably be able to find the bed and notice that yeah. right away. Yeah, um, they would. So, so I don't know how much truth that one holds, but anyways, it is a theory. And then strangled her to cover up what had happened after mistakenly, mistakenly thinking uh, she was already dead. Uh, later, John Benet's brother later said, "We didn't get spanked. Nothing of the sort. Nothing close. Nothing near laying a finger on us, let alone killing your child." A one hundred thousand dollar reward was offered to the by the Ramseys in a newspaper ad on April twenty seventh, nineteen ninety seven. That's my birthday. I was two. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, three days later, they submitted uh, to separate formal in- interviews for the first time at the Boulder County Justice Center. Um, there was also a false confession. Uh, John Mark Carr, a 41-year-old elementary school teacher who was uh, arrested, arrested 
in Bangkok, Thailand. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, ta- the look ta- I just gave you, I was like, yeah. are you serious? Uh, Thailand, Thailand on uh, August 15th, 2006. <laughs> he falsely confessed to murdering John Benet. Uh, he claimed that he uh, had drugged, sexually assaulted, and accidentally killed her. This was false because there were no drugs found in her body during the autopsy. Also, DNA samples were taken, uh, and they did not match um, Coercion. The, the one found on her body. Um, so, yeah, so that's the theories. The food comes in with the pineapple. She yeah. obviously ate it a few hours before, and it was still on the table the next day. And there was photographic proof that it was on the table. So, Ew, why didn't they put that away? Well, I guess if they just murdered well, their I mean, child, it's yeah. the last of their worries. Yeah. Okay, I would just like to start off my theories by saying that John Benet Ramsey was a child pageant con- like competitor. Yeah. Her parents, she was six. Her yeah. parents, mostly her mother, bleached this girl's hair. As a six-year-old. And those girls out there and guys who know, who have bleached their hair before, know how horrible bleaching your hair is. It is so bad. So for, it destroys your hair. So for a mother to do that to her six-year-old daughter for the sake of competing in a beauty pageant, that's messed up, first and foremost. Secondly, they would, like, cover her in makeup and, like, photograph her. and She would look like she was, like, 16. And this girl was, like, five. So that's another thing, like, to me, that's not normal. And if they're so desperate for her to, like, compete in these pageants and win for money, like, they're obviously not hurting for money. Yeah. If they live in this huge house and he's making so much money. Um, so, like, the fact that they're okay doing that sends some red flags up for me. Mostly sexual attraction from the father and, like, feeling... Whoa feeling okay that like making their young child look old you know yeah so um what is the dad having uh for the dad's like telling the mom what she should do like oh. oh you need to do this to make her look so she'll win pageants yeah but what if it's her mom what if it's a mom maybe this it? is just a oh. theory i'm just saying but oh. <clears throat> in any case it's that's not healthy parenting and i don't know anything about parenting i don't have kids but to bleach your six-year-old hair that's not that something's messed up with that and to like put her in makeup you should see some of her pageant no, photos like yeah. she doesn't look like a six-year-old no i thought she, she was looks like a teenager yeah. yeah and um secondly so the ransom note that was written um like i said earlier it read as if someone had like was transcribing words that someone else was saying they read the ransom note police did and they thought it was really weird when they, the amount of money that was asked for in this ransom note. Yeah, that's what I said. You did? Was written out? Yeah, it was her dad's, her dad got a... Um, yeah, that's not what I'm saying. Oh. The amount that they asked for, like, instead of writing, how much was it, 118000 mm-hmm. Instead of writing, like, 118,000, they wrote 118, like, in words. Oh, they written written it out. Yeah, which is, like, not normal. You don't, you know, if you're writing a large number, you just write numbers. Um, They had Patsy rewrite 
the ransom note police did and she wrote 118,000 the same way. Oh, I didn't know that. They, yeah, I they didn't just see that, yeah. yeah, they transcribed it to her. They had her write it and she wrote the number the same way. She wrote huh. it out. Um but her handwriting was different, but it, I think she wrote like incur like, you know, she yeah. changed her handwriting a little bit, but she wrote out the number the same way that it was on the ransom note, which no one does that. No one yeah. writes out 118,000. Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. Um so that's another thing. Third thing the what's the brother's name? Uh, uh Burke. Yeah. No, John. Yeah, Burke. 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 Yeah, John. John Burke. Benet's yeah, the yeah. daughter. Um, Burke. I don't think he was all right in the head. I think he had some mental issues, or mental to disabilities. I'll say that handicaps. Um, what I think happened was she was chilling, eating some pineapple. Um, Burke probably, like, accidentally hurt her. They were playing around, and he, like, you know, hurt her somehow. She was, like, dying, and then the parents were like, oh, my God, we have to cover this up. So they made it look like someone broke in and, like, murdered um, the girl. And the messed up thing is she was sexually abused. So that means, like, if the parents did it and covered it up, they sexually abused the kid which goes back to my whole theory about her looking older yeah that would be messed up i don't know yeah yeah no one knows still um, unsolved i think i think the brother probably accidentally killed her and then the parents freaked out and they're like oh my god her kid can't go to juvenile whatever yeah so they covered it up maybe Who um knows? and patsy uh Ramsey is deceased now. She died. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. and um, John Ramsey is re- like got remarried right after. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, probably. So never it's know. all really weird. Yeah. I think Patsy died like she was just heartbroken. Like she knew she knew that they did this to their daughter, and it's what killed her. Yeah. Um. And then, like, the dad got married right after his wife of however many years died. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Especially going through all that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I wonder if he ne- he ever knew. Like, it, what if she did it? I don't know. Just, and then, like, in interviews, um, Patsy said, like, hold, hold on to your hold on to your little ones like she was obviously heartbroken so i think that like she didn't want this to happen but she felt like she had no choice yeah um i don't know it's just sad yeah so okay well oh so sorry he got he was married originally to lucinda ramsey in the 60s and 70s got divorced married patsy in 80 she died in 2006 and then in 2011. So, I mean, it was five years after, but um, there was something weird with his his third wife. Something weird happened with her. I can't remember. She was like, I don't remember. I remember hearing about it. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see anything about that. Yeah. Mm, okay. So, yep. Okay, well, that's depressing. Yeah. 
All right. What do we want to do now? So I had an unsolved one for next week. Um, is it the? I I don't really. I don't want to. We spoil can do. It, is it where's it at? California. We can do unsolved. Okay, that's what it is. It's an unsolved. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll let's do unsolved. Just go classic unsolved. Yeah. All right. Okay. We're back on a regular schedule. So we'll Sunday evenings. We'll be back next week. Okay. Bye. Bye.